what I'm going for is maximum clarity and the least amount of grit. And I felt that putting that in there added grit. So I just took it out. This is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt, one word at a time. Taylor, we have been good uh, freeds, did you say? Good freeds for (laughs) so long now that I happen to know that at this time of year, it's spring break for your kids, and that sort of plays havoc with your writing schedule. I assume that because the kids are older now, you've got that thing totally whipped and under control and you're writing uh, the way you want every single day now. You know, I remember (laughs) when my kids were small and I was at the dentist office and this lady behind the desk, she had a picture of her kids and they were, I guess they were teenagers or something like that. And I was like, we started talking and, you know, about busy mom lives. She was a single mom, single working mom, I think. And she said, and I said, well, I guess it gets easier when they get older. And she's like, oh no, oh no, it gets, <laughs> it gets so much harder. And she wasn't talking about personalities or squabbling. She was talking about scheduling and all the other stuff. And she was Right. It, the older they get, I mean, in some ways it gets easier to get things down and in other ways it gets harder because there's just so much more going. They're little people now, like grown little people with their own lives and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I don't have this down and I don't know if I ever will. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get too far astray with the chit chat, I want to let people know that this week we will just be dealing with the document that we were working with, the material that we were working with from Bob last week. We're going to talk through Taylor's change changes so that you can compare them to the homework that you did. You did do the homework, didn't you? If not, you can stop this recording right now. And when you start it again, you can you can pick back up with us talking about spring break and you'll have your homework done and you're ready to go. Obviously, we don't have kids around anymore. So that part of spring break doesn't affect us. What does is that we have relatives who come to Florida every year during their spring break. And so that actually spreads out over the course of three weeks. And that is starting, uh, that begins in two days when our nephew, who is at the University of Houston, will be showing up for several days. And then uh, the next wave of family comes in with mom, dad, and children And then the week after that, there's more. So we've got essentially the next three weeks dealing with a lot of visitors um, in the neighborhood and here and in the family. And it's both wonderful and, you know, you're happy when it's over. Yeah, I was like, I don't envy you at all. Before we get to the show, I want to quickly let you know that there is some profanity in this episode. It's in the dialogue that Taylor is reviewing. And so rather than tweak the author's dialogue. We just went with it. But if you do have young kids around or the the language is going to offend you, uh, please be warned. It's coming. Okay, so last week we did a homework assignment where we had a 500-word piece sent in by longtime listener Bob, and I went through and commented out all the 
areas that I felt, me personally, not the right way, just my way, I felt could use work. And some of them, and they're all tweaky things because the piece is quite strong to begin with. So it's a little bit of a, a juggle now for me to figure out how to actually work explaining it all in in the second show because if you don't have the last week's material right in front of you it might not be easy to follow and i don't want to read one version and then the other version it just will drag on forever but with that being said if you're at your computer or you can get to a computer and you want to follow along you can go to TaylorStevensShow.com. Look for episode 85, which will be just below the current episode, which is what you're listening to. And there's a link where you can download the original version of the story with Taylor's notes. So that you might find that helpful if you did not get a chance to do that. Might make it more interesting while we're while we're going through this. Okay, so here's where. A couple of caveats here. Um, One is that whenever I do this editing work where I'm fixing up other people's stuff, I have a crisis. (laughs) Because on the one hand, it's like I'm under pressure. I'm under pressure to show that I've done it the best that I possibly can. (laughs) And the other is it takes a long time (laughs) to do that. And then... I don't want to mess with somebody else's stuff. It's one thing where if I'm editing my own work, I'm the creator, I can mess with it as much as I want. So in going through this piece, I'm trying to stick as close to the original intent or as what I interpreted as the original intent and use the elements that are already there without going off on a Taylor tangent and and still and and not put so much time into it that it took me take me forever to do it, which it did take more than time than I should have, just because that's me. So um, in the original notes, I talked about how someone waking from sleep is a very difficult uh, opening to get right. And that's what took me the longest on this piece that the corrections that I made, and I'm not even sure that I wouldn't come in and totally mess with them again, because that's why it takes me a freaking year to write a book. So in this first paragraph in the original, it starts, Kimmy woke to monkeys yapping. She found her wrists bound to a chair with fluffy restraints, restraints that, while super comfortable and pretty, worked quite well at keeping her bound. So this is personal preference, but I, I don't like to use she found he felt uh because to me in in writing that has the same weakening impact as uh she saw she heard you can eliminate those completely and and have more impact instead of she heard a door open down the street you know down the street a door open it works but Sometimes to make it work requires a lot of finagling and you don't really know if it reads right or not. So in this opening paragraph, I'm trying to eliminate things like she found her wrists bound to a chair. I also try to um, I, I cut some stuff out because comfortable handcuffs is one thing pretty, you know, I don't I don't know. You know, are you noticing how beautiful something is when you're handcuffed to a chair? Um, 
the other thing that I felt needed work in this opening paragraph is the sequence of events. And it's really a touchy one to get right. It's hard. And again, it's personal preference because sometimes the way the mind needs the information and the way one thought leads into another doesn't always work the way that it should. And so sometimes you're forced to put things in opposite order just because that's the way information flows. So I'm going to read my opening to this. I'm not going to go through every, every single, this is the original, this is the change or whatever, if I can help it. But in this one, because it's such a big part of the story and, and everything, I want to do that. And the second paragraph to the opening where we had speech first, and then we saw what Kimmy was seeing and my suggestion was we need to orient, anchor the reader first and make sure they know what Kimmy is seeing before she starts talking. Now, again, because of time and all this, I can't say that this is the best way to do it. This is my way. Compare it against your notes. So I'm going to read those first opening uh, paragraphs to you as I have fixed them to my way. Kimmy woke to monkeys yapping and to her wrists secured off a chair by fluffy restraints that, while comfortable, worked quite well at keeping her bound. Water dripped down the walls into puddles on the concrete floor, and a single naked bulb dangled from a low ceiling. She squinted against the light, searching into the shadows for the noise, and spotted her dog in a crate off to the far side of the room. To her left was a familiar outline, and the blank face of a man who refused to look at her. To him, she said, I would have thought a guy like you could afford nicer digs. Okay, so you did a number of things there. You talked about you talked about some of some of what you did in the first paragraph. In the second paragraph, that was the first one where your comment was. I'll go back to the comment here. This paragraph breaks the thought, action, speech rule. The original paragraph was, "I would have thought a guy like you could afford nicer digs." Comma close quotes. She said to the familiar face. And then it, it goes on from there, it, which is something that we've talked about um, in depth over the course of the last several episodes, beginning with some some of my work that you were um, helping me with. And it was something that I was doing wrong constantly, that whole in the dialogue, comma, she said, comma, and then off with something else. And I've found just because you've I won't say beat it into me, but it, I've heard it so many times between listening as you're talking and then producing the episodes that it's now, when I do it myself, I almost gasp. It's just like, I've done the worst possible thing. Yay, I'm making progress. So I can say that in my homework, I got the second paragraph pretty close to yours. That's pretty awesome. I also want to point out something that I did here that I don't often do, but which I did both for the sake of cadence and the sake of clarity. And that is where it says, to him, she said, I would have thought a guy like you could afford nicer dicks. Now, so far, we've only been introduced to one other person besides her. So why am I putting this redundant to him, she, to him, she said, instead of just she said, I would have thought. And the reason is, even though, and this is a gut instinct thing, and it's, it's to reduce grit, I'm adding a redundancy because even though there's only her and one other person in the room, 
we as the reader don't actually know anything yet. And so I'm making it real clear that she's speaking to this person, this familiar outline and blank face of man. It's very, very ambiguous, very nebulous. And so to to keep that flow, to keep the clarity, I tag on there so we know exactly who she's talking to. She's not talking to herself. She's not talking to the dog in the crate on the far side of the room to him. So that I just want to explain that redundancy. When I talk about the cadence thing about, I felt that where in the original it says, you know, Mason said, it's not just about presentation. And I was like, you know, my gut's telling me that this pause Mason said is in the wrong place. Well, as I started getting into it, I realized we didn't need a dialogue tag at all. You know, I've been asked before about what do I mean when I say I will change the cadence of dialogue to to reflect the the material that's being worked with. And this is an example of that, because after all the editing that went on up above, it changed the beat. It changed the rhythm of everything. And now we didn't really need a dialogue tag for beat. So I just took it out. And I took it out, too, in the following paragraph where I hadn't even made a comment. So now it says, you know, it's not just about presentation. Remember what they say about location. Well, you got a shitty location, too. So instead of he said, she said, I just took it all out and changed it. Now, another thing that you changed is you removed Mason's name. And one of the things that you do when you do this kind of work for us on the show is that you rearrange things. You, you don't just look at a paragraph and say, or a sentence and say, I'm just going to change this. You, you sometimes will look at material that's in other places and think, I'm going to move this here and I'm going to shift this up here. So in this case, you identified the character by name later on in the story. Thank you for that. Yes, um, I did. And the reason for that is because where it is right now, and this was not highlighted in my comments, it's one of those instinctual things that I realized as I was doing the editing, is that we can assume, readers can assume who Mason is out of the context, but it does create grit. So rather than do a he said or anything, I just took it out. And later on, we will name the person in a way that it's completely unambiguous. We know 100% who we're talking about. So moving on through the, the changes, um, I went with nevermind as two words, just because that's what I think it's supposed to be. But it was totally, it's up to you. Um, we There was the comment where... I highlighted Kimmy looked over at her little dog worried. And I had said, well, it can work like this, but tacking on the worried as an afterthought as the action, it sort of, it cheapens it. And, um, you know, but fixing it takes time and, you know, it might not be worth it. That's why it takes me so long. As I was doing the actual editing of it, I realized that it wasn't even necessary to have in the first place. And here's why. Um, what we have going on 
in the following sentences is a bit of, uh, I don't want to say comedy. It's not comedy. It's, it's sort of lightheartedness and it's lots of little actions and it, it can be a little almost chaotic. Like, you know how, when you do slapstick comedy, a lot of things happen at the same time when you're watching it on TV and it can be really, really hard to replicate that on the page without it getting confusing. And sometimes the easiest way to get clarity and strength in writing is to remove unnecessary elements. So that's what I did. So um, I can read the original here. It'll probably be the easiest way to, to hear the difference. And so the original went like this. Monkey barked in agreement. Kimmy looked over at her little dog, worried. Now, what did we say about that mutt? What? Talking to the dog, he said, looking over at Monkey. She watched as Mason pulled out a pellet gun. The dog whined and circled the cage. What's going on? You ask a lot of questions. He answered her with a pellet bouncing off the dog's butt. Monkey and Kimmy yelped. So we have a lot of, um, it's not real clear. Like it, it creates sort of a, a mush. And anytime you have a situation where there are multiple things going on, multiple people talking, multiple actions, if you, you have to slow it down in a beat by beat for the reader to follow it in a, in a coherent way. So this was my solution to all of that. Monkey barked in agreement. He pulled out a pellet gun. Now, what did we say about that? What? Talking to the dog, he said. Monkey whined and circled the cage. Kimmy said, Mason, what's going on? He answered with a pellet shot that bounced off the dog's butt. And I, I want to add that you also left in that the next line is Monkey and Kimmy yelped, which is yes. just a line that I loved from the original. And I wondered if you would retain that because of the way that sentence was structured. And you just changed the sentence structure a little bit, but did retain it. Yes. I, so Monkey and Kimmy yelped. And then I added something because... He said, you ask a lot of questions, but it happened in a big mush. So Monkey and Kimmy yelped. Mason set the gun back down and said, you ask a lot of questions. So we still have the impact of him saying that, but we have it following an action beat that wasn't there before. And that slows it down and, and grounds us. It, it anchors us into the movement. And um, it puts it in a place that it's not mixed in with all of the this, that, that. If that makes any sense. <laughs> it My does. Ex it actually does. And, and when you read it, it just, I, I, because you used the term beat by beat, it almost sounded like beat by beat as you were reading the dialogue and the action beats, reading just through that section. And it, it made a lot of sense just based on the way that you narrated it. I realized I forgot to say one more thing about that is that when I did all that, I took out the word mutt when Mason says, now, what did we say about that mutt? And I don't know that it was the right way to do it, but because I'm messing with somebody else's stuff, I, I'm care. I wanted to be careful about it, but I mutt can be a confusing term because it doesn't like, we know a mutt is a, is a dog, but it's not real clear until he says talking to the dog. 
But then once he's talking to the dog, that becomes redundant. So I was like, I just took it out. What I'm going for is maximum clarity and the least amount of grit. And I felt that putting that in there added grit. So I just took it out. And that's the way that I did it. But not because it was wrong, just because that was the easiest way for me to fix it. So then we had a um, thought action speech thing where the original said, you're an asshole, says Kimmy glaring at him. And I just changed it to Kimmy glared. You're an asshole. Um, another thing I did different is a little further on where Kimmy said nothing. Now, I hadn't commented that out I said because there wasn't anything wrong with it. But I changed it just a little bit because we use saids a lot as dialogue tags. And just to change it up to the ear, I just changed it to Kimmy kept quiet. And that actually creates an alliteration even though quiet is a Q and not a K, it creates an alliteration that is pleasing to the ear. Kimmy kept quiet. And it's just a subtle little thing, but that it's cadence and, you know, it adds up. And that's, I mean, people ask you that all the time. How do you hear this stuff? And that's, that's the way you hear it. it it's, not, it's not an explanation of how you hear it. It's an example of how you hear it. Right. So then, then moving forward... I had said, there's a thing where Mason says, why'd you do it? Why'd you lead me on all this time, all that time? I thought we had dot, dot, dot. And I'd said that this works. And silence is also an opportunity for a movement beat to show us character and give the following words more emotional weight. So I put it in as an example. Um, Kimmy kept quiet. Mason stood. He took several steps in her direction and stopped where she could see his face. Why'd you do it? Why'd you lead me on all that time? I thought we had. I added a he said because I felt like it It added, a, it gives a pause. So why'd you do it, he said. Why'd you lead me on all that time? I thought we had. She cut him off. It's my job. That was my fix to, to it's my job, she said, interrupting. You always want to get that action in there before the speech because it, puts the cause effect. Then there was another paragraph where I had said, we need more nouns. <laughs> you remember that? And you're like, <laughs> oh, what do yeah. we need? What do we need? What do you mean about nouns? And so again, this was a, uh, a tricky one for two reasons. One is uh, I don't want to mess with other people's stuff and, and put stuff in there that, that isn't there. And the other is when I emailed with Bob before Said I, I wanted to make sure he was okay before I put these changes out to the world and everything. And he had mentioned that he was going to cut that paragraph out anyway because it showed up elsewhere. And so I thought, well, I want to at least show what I'm talking about for the listeners, even if it's not actually going to be helpful to Bob. So that's what this is, is me just trying to, to give an example of what I mean about taking away some of the vagueness and giving it a little bit of substance and adding some more nouns. So she played back over the evening the way he'd brushed against her at the table and had placed his hand on top of hers, how she'd leaned into him, disguising disgust with adoration, and he, in turn, had guided her fingers along an intricate map of social impacts. She was sick of letting minor atrocities slide, but the net he wove had to be big enough to catch him and catch him good. Not everything had been a lie. Her interest in his plans had been 100% genuine, but she kept that to herself. You're a bad guy, she said. Someone's got to stop you. 
So it's, it's almost all the same elements that were there originally, but they're reordered. And there's a little bit of texture and a little bit of, I guess, inner, inner dialogue, inner life that's added to it to, to give it a sense of weight that, that I, in my opinion, wasn't there before. Uh, you're welcome to disagree with me. I'm not going to take it personally. <laughs> this is just me showing how I do it. I added something else on another section that hadn't been commented out, and it's in the in the dialogue where she says, you know, you're a bad guy. Someone's got to stop you. And he says, I got to put food on the table, kids through college, la, 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 la. And so I added a movement beat there because when someone's like, you're a bad guy, someone's got to stop you. Well, the person's going to react. And so there's going to be something besides just like movement is a way to 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 bring character to bring sort of a um a life into dialogue and it's not always necessary and sometimes as in before there was movement and I took it out because I'm like this is not the right place to put it so I just said Mason snorted and moved back into the shadows I got to put food on the table kids through college plus I want to do work I feel proud of la 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 so that was my movement beat and then because of the change, I added just a small little bit to the next line of dialogue where originally she said, you don't have to do this, you know. And I changed it to, but you don't have to do this. Because he was just talking about how I like what I do. It's just like, but you don't have to do this. So the but, small change, big impact. He says, do what? You know, kill me. And this is one where the following paragraph, two paragraphs, are where I had said, it's personal choice and style. We've got, um, con you know, we're having as added into things where, um, you know, with the heart attack, we, we're getting close to cliche. You'll have to look at the original to see all my comments here because it was quite a few little tiny ones along the way. And this is... My, my fix to eliminate uh, starting sentences with finally or eventually and, and all of this. So she, she says, you know, kill me. He looked back as if he didn't quite get it. And then he grinned. The grin turned to laughter, heaving laughter that gave way to wheezing. He found his way to a wall. He looked winded, dizzy. He said, shit, you're funny girl. Almost made me pass out, goddammit. She was hopeful now, or was she just confused? She didn't know. His grin faded. I wish I could kill you, he said. I wish it was that simple. And that is it. Now, let, let's go back to the sentence that you added in the section that needed nouns. Okay. And I'll say something that I've said to you before, and this is almost a perfect example of it. It's you write sentences that are unlike the sentences written by anyone else. And this is one of those. When I heard you read it, I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is Taylor's writing. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's awesome. And I know how hard it is for you to come up with those perfect sentences. And I won't say this is a perfect Taylor sentence because, it, because of the last four words of it. 
But it's, it's just the – and he, in turn, had guided her fingers along an intricate map of social impacts. She was sick of letting minor atrocities slide, but the net he wove had to be big enough to catch him. Like if you had ended it there, I w- that would have been like a perfect Taylor sentence, but then it went, <laughs> and catch him good. <laughs> well, I mean, those are the original where I did not – I moved it around. Okay, all right. The original, uh, the original words – I um I not that there's anything wrong with those words. I was just making the point of the way that you write and and there is this there's this lyrical musical quality to it that when you read it it's like it's no one else does this but you. Oh, I'm sure everybody could do it. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> And that, that's what I'm trying to teach people here is like, it's just, it's, Steve and I had this conversation before about the word was. I don't like using the word was. It's impossible not to use it because it's, it's so integral to our language use. But I don't like using it in the way that it, it's passively it's used passively to he was walking, um, she was beautiful. So I spend an agonizingly long amount of time finding ways to eliminate the word was from, from my writing. And I don't spend as much time doing it now as I once used to because I'm the only one that notices it. And it's just not, I don't, the diminishing rate of returns here. But the the lyricalness that you're talking about, Steve, comes from trying to eliminate as many needless, unnecessary words as possible. And when you do that, you're forced to string them together, string the words together in a logical, coherent way that will flow like water over stones in a brook because you don't have all these choppy little words in between that's messing it up. All right. I just wanted to point that out. I don't know if anyone else out there listening heard it and thought the same thing that I did, but um, <laughs> I, I just wanted to, I wanted to point that out to I people who maybe Steve haven't so read he, all of your stuff as many times as I have. Ego, Cause I need <laughs> it. He's like, he says the nicest things to me, and I'm just like, oh. It's the only way I can keep you coming back every week and, uh, and using this as a vehicle to teach me how to write better. <laughs> <laughs> and it's working. <laughs> ah, evil, hand, evil rubs hands together. Okay, next week we, will, we had hoped to do two episodes, and we, we realized we weren't just going to – not two episodes, but combine two ideas, uh, working through this and then doing the point of view episode that we were planning. Uh, that will actually be next week, so we're excited about that. We have some material that we want to talk about, and um, that will be fun. I have some thoughts on it as well that might be different than Taylor's, so we'll probably just – edit those out when I produce the show. <laughs> no, no, I am not always right. Um, and I, I wanted to say, too, that we kind of rushed through the these corrections here, not corrections, um, edits. And um, what I'm hoping that you can learn from this is this is really line editing is what it is, going through line by line and and editing things for 
for all, all these different reasons. And it's really, you, you to really see it, you're going to have to look at the two side by side from, from the show notes. But it might also raise questions in your mind, because I didn't really have a chance to discuss everything that I did or why, and it is a small piece. And so if you have questions about, well, why did you do this? Why did you do that? I don't understand. Ask me, because, and sometimes I don't always know the answer. It's just a gut instinct thing. But when you ask me, it forces me to come up with a reason. And a lot of these tips and tricks that I've, I'm learning how to explain are the result of people asking me and forcing me to figure out how to explain it. So well, you'll be doing us all a favor. Okay, so that is in lieu of a listener question. That's what we have this week. If you have any questions about why she did something after looking at both last week's material and this week's material, uh, let us know. You can let us know in the comments. You can send an email to contact at taylorstevensbooks.com. You can post it in the Taylor Stevens Fan Club Facebook group. And you could call those questions into the hotline. We appreciate every one of those ways that you can connect with us. And it keeps us coming back for more. (laughs) All right. We will be back again next week with more. I can't do that voice that Taylor did. (laughs) But we will definitely be back with more next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. See you soon.